This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome, welcome, friends, to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. My name's Laurie. I'm here with Jessica. Hey, y'all. And we are so excited to be bringing you another episode this week. Dang it, thank you so much for listening to us and being here and being present. It means so much to us to have this community where we can share what's going on in our hearts and our minds. And if it, you had a minute, it would be so cool if you would like us on one of the social media pages. Go check out www.badassladiesclub.com and it will link you to all of the things going on in the interwebs and in person and the retreats and the education and all the great things that are coming. We appreciate your support so much and want to keep creating great content and opportunities for you to heal and grow and shift. And man, is today's episode like a healing journey that both of us, I think, are still like trying to navigate through. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This conversation about uh, hyper productivity versus the concept of like deep, deep rest, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, I think on the surface, it's not like one is good and the other is bad both things are necessary in different ways. Um, but I know for myself, like just working in this concept of being hyperproductive makes me feel like I've done enough, like I've achieved something. And even if it's not like, you know, sometimes productivity is like always attached to work. Like how much work did you do? How much money did you make? How many things did you get done? I can be productive making cookies and feel like I've done, like there's something to show for the time that I existed today. And that that is um, kind of a toxic trait of mine, you know, where <laughs> like I feel like I have to have something to show for my existence. Otherwise, what am I doing here? Yeah. Um, you say that like productivity is attached to work. I would say in a social construct way that we've been taught that productivity is attached to worth. Yeah, totally. And your worth as a human being. Um, I mean, and this has been something that you and I have been aware of, especially recently, that it's okay to give ourselves rest and that there's nothing to feel ashamed about and there's nothing to... Like, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Um, but, geez, just yesterday, I just had a day of, like, Zoom calls and phone calls. And it was one of those days where at the end of the day, I was like, I feel like I was doing something all day, but I had nothing to show for it. Right. And I was totally like, oh, my God, I just sat on the phone all day. But then I dissected, like every Zoom call and every phone call. And I had to like make myself feel better for at least the productivity within those conversations. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I was like, what are you even doing? Like yeah. it was driving me insane that I was doing this to myself. 
it's also so funny because I've been making this, like usually if I'm like, okay, so today I'm going to rest. Or maybe it's not like a whole day. Maybe it's like I get everything done I need to do in the morning and then I'm like this afternoon I'm just going to chill, right? That what does it mean to have deep rest? Because like on one end of hyper productivity, like I'm really good at that. I can book myself every 90 minutes for something that I have to get done and get it all on the to-do list and check off the boxes and that hits the dopamine. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm doing it. But deep rest sometimes ends up being this conversation of, do I lay on the couch and watch TV? Because that feels restful. But that also feels like, mind numbing to me a little bit too. Like, why do I need, and you and I've talked about this a little bit before, like the, um, the need for the noise in the background, or like I'll watch a TV series or a show that I've seen a million times already. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried about missing anything. And then what ends up happening is like, I'm not resting. I'm sitting on the couch. I have the TV on, I have my phone in my hand. I'm like scrolling. I might be answering emails. I might be engaging with people on social media. And then before I know it, I realize I'm not resting. I'm just being still and still doing the things, you know? And still answering emails. Yes. And still responding to DMs. Like I can't I'm freaking stop. Researching and podcast yes. topics. I'm still, yes. Or I'm like, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do that. And so when I think about like, okay, Laura, you need to rest. It has been a challenge, but it's also really nice where I'll like go into my room and like turn out all the lights and just like lay in bed and not necessarily sleep, but just be still and be silent. It's not even like meditation. It's like rest, you know, and, um, that, that I don't do it a lot, but I've been making a habit of like, even if I just set my alarm for 30 minutes and just be still and be silent, it energizes me in a really interesting way when I factor that into my day. And I have, um, it's like between that three o'clock and 5 PM window where I usually crash and burn, you know, like that I get really exhausted. And so having to focus on what feels deeply restful for me, um, and it's usually getting cozy and pillows and blankets and feeling things that are really soft against my skin and noticing things like, when the air conditioner kicks on and it's 108 degrees outside, like what the air feels like, you know, like against my face and appreciating what clean sheets feel like and noticing how sweet it is to have my dog like warm against me, you know, like where we're sitting there snuggling and just the experience of being still and being silent is restful, but it's still not deep rest, you know, like, and so I would love to talk a little bit about like what is, deep rest and what that means. Because for highly hyperproductive people like us, it sounds easy to rest, but it is so hard. Like yeah. when was the last time you de- deep took some deep rest? Um, Probably Costa Rica. And yeah. even then we were, we were still in facilitator yeah, mode. Totally. Um, but that was probably the last time because we were out of the country and it's not like I had my kid or laundry or my dog, that was the time when I was forced to be like, okay, yeah, there were obviously things to do in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I had a long list of responsibilities and, um, without the normal day-to-day things at home, it was kind of nice to just lay in a hammock all day. Yeah. Um, I say all day. 
for an hour. Right. We That's could. what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, by the way, we should go to Costa Rica for deep just breath. go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> for a great. vacation. Um, that, yeah, that was probably the last time that I did that. And I think that whatever that is, it's important. And I don't know, we may want to get into this later rather than right now, but it's like when you're hyperproductive and you're go, 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 go. Sometimes like those ideas, like your next great business idea or your next great family vacation or your next great design, whatever it is, can't come to you unless you get this deep rest. So how the hell do we do that? I mean, the one thing that's really supportive for me in deep rest is how much Aubrey likes to sleep. That he, um, so when we have a day off, that he'll be like, I'm going to lay down and take a nap, you know, and I'll lay down with him. And there are times where I can sleep, you know, like in the middle of the day or in the late evening and have just, and oftentimes those days, like he can sleep, he can like get up in the morning drink some coffee and then go back to bed for two hours and then get up and do a few things for a few hours and then take an afternoon nap and like sleep multiple times in one day. And that's really hard for me, you know, because I'm like, well, if I nap this morning, then I should do something, you know, like this afternoon. I think the last time that I really did like the deep rest thing intensely though, um, was probably when we went to Costa Rica last August in rainy season and couldn't, go anywhere or do anything for a large portion of each day that we were there, which forced me to be still and to be silent. And that was the last time I did it for days in a row, you know, like besides that it's a here or there kind of situation. Um, and that my hyper productivity is, um, served me really well, but it's also an excuse because if I'm still and silent, then all the things that I'm not ready to look at, feel, deal with, come up. But if I book myself back to back to back to back to back and I don't take any time. You don't have to look at I don't at have to things. think about those things. I don't have to feel those things. I don't have to worry about the shit that I didn't get done or the shit I don't want to do or I don't know what to do about. Like, I'll just find all of these other things. And so that was really hard in August last year when we had that time where we couldn't go, like, I remember what I said about it was like, you can't hide what doesn't want to come up. It has no choice but to come up. It was really emotional. It was really difficult for both of us. And I was about to say, I remember Aubrey coming back from that and him being like, I don't want to do that again. No, he was Um, like, that was hard. (laughs) And he's like a restful person. Like you said before, That when you're isolated like that and you're in the, like one of the most beautiful places on earth mm-hmm. and you want to go out and play, play, play. And you're just like, well, I guess I'll just sit here and watch the rain. Yeah. And <laughs> it's and at home when there's weather or things that force you to be still, you do have the television. Right. But in Costa Rica, we don't we really do the TV thing. No. Yeah. And so the mains of distractions um, are not there. And it's funny because like I'm usually down for like a deep self-revelation, you know, like cry it out, get in touch with your feelings. But that is hard on Aubrey, you know? And like, yeah, that's hard to do with your spouse. Right. Like right next to you if they're not into, you know, 
digging deep digging as deep well, you know. Yeah. But I also notice how um, everyone has a different version of what is restful mm-hmm. to them. And even just working with people that have a lot less time than I do right now, their version of rest looks really different. And it is literally like I took a shower for 20 minutes and that was my rest, you know? And so it's just like basic self-care necessity, not even like luxury self-care necessity that gets us to that space. Even vacations for a lot of people are not restful. Like that they are just more of piling it on. Um, And that having a routine for rest, I feel like is really a benefit to us, Mm -hmm. but that you get to kind of define what that looks like. Yeah. And this whole thing kind of circles around this conversation of like survival mode and fight or flight, you know, like, cause I know I get more sleep than you do, but that if given the opportunity to rest for a lot of people, that doesn't even look like rest. That looks like straight collapsing and, like hard sleep for whatever they can get until they get up and it's hyper productivity again, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like it's taken me at least this last year to gradually get myself to the point where like I've been up at 6 a.m. for the last three days in a row. I can't remember the last time I woke up at 6 a.m. for three days in a row, like has not been happening lately. Um, But it took me a year of sleeping, you know, until 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock, we're like sleeping till eight o'clock feels like a damn luxury, you know, like I don't ever remember a time where I did that so regularly where I feel rested. And so now I'll get up at six and I'll be like, Oh yeah, it's early. Like, but, but it's okay because I'm not so over exhausted. Um, but this idea of like hyper productivity and hyper exhaustion is real out there in Mm -hmm. the world. Um, so what do you do? when you're hitting a breaking point, you know? That is a great question, Laurie Wallace. And I would love to answer that (laughs) when I have the answer to that. Um, You know, I think that a lot of it, especially as a parent, has to do with laying some boundaries and keeping those boundaries of, like, what your time is. Um, And I'm not saying I'm great at it. Um... You know, I'm trying really hard to lay some boundaries with Adelaide right now as to like my autonomy and what I need to be a good parent to her, which as a six year old, she doesn't give a shit about. She's just like, no, but I want to be next to you at all times. And, you know, like with a whole sleeping in her own bed thing. And it's just a freaking nightmare. But um, there was so much I wanted to say. And what was it? Um I'm trying to think it's like, oh, and I don't know if this is more common in people who are parents versus not. And I know there's a word for this and it's not coming to me at the moment, but there's this phenomenon that happens where, you know, you need sleep, you know, you need the rest and all freaking day. You're like, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait till like right at 10 PM, I am going to bed and shoot maybe even earlier. And I just need to sleep because I have to set the alarm for five 30, six o'clock tomorrow. And you know, 
But when it comes to that point, it's like this thing of, well, now the kids are in bed and this is my only time. Mm -hmm. I've been go, 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 go all day. They're asleep. And now this is me time. And I don't want to spend that time asleep. I want to spend it watching whatever TV show I want, or I want to spend it by reading or doing, you know, fill in the blank, whatever. Um, that, uh, it's like this self-sabotaging, like even when my body needs the rest and like I set that alarm really early the next morning. I mean, I'm up till midnight, maybe even later most nights just because I'm like savoring these like alone moments, you know, um, which exhausts you even which more when you, I, yeah, yeah, totally. That's me today. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's like, it's this, um, both sides of this coin that is really hard to balance, um, as a functioning human. And, you know, maybe it has nothing to do with parenting, but just like that, you know, need of, oh, but I just want to take this me time for me, but my body also needs rest. Um, it's really, really hard. I don't know if it's a parenting. I mean, I'm sure a lot of parents relate to what you're saying. And I remember all of my friends pretty much like as they became parents really started to value that post bedtime window, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, where they got to be adults for a minute and not parents because their kids were asleep. But I also think that there's some people that just are night people. Yeah. And that there's some people that maybe not all, this may not be an every time kind of thing, but like you're either a morning person or you're like a night person. So like I'm a super morning person. It does not matter how little sleep I got when I get up in the mornings. Like once I can get my feet on the floor and get going, I'm fine. I may be tired, but like I'll make it. It's okay. But it gets to be 10, 10 30. Like I'm asleep. Like there's no keeping me up. Like if I'm active and we're doing something then I might be awake Um, if I took a really late nap or drank a late coffee, I might be awake, (laughs) but if it's just any other average day, like by 10, 15, I'm snoring. And, but it's also part of like the, me being a morning person. Like when you get up earlier, yeah. Like you pass out earlier, I guess. Um, but my husband's the opposite, you know, like he can sleep hard in the mornings and then is up till midnight, 1am, regardless of how tired he is, you know? And, um, I think that's so interesting how like some people, tend to be more nocturnal and it doesn't matter if they're exhausted. It doesn't matter if they got up at 5 a.m. that day. It's like just like the witching hour, you know, and it like sparks you awake. Well, and you know what's so interesting about that? Like I know Aubrey isn't in a position, at least I don't think he is, to make his own work schedule. Not really, Yeah, okay. He's got a schedule. So like with me being in a position right now in this chapter of my life to create my own work schedule – I mean, yeah, on Thursdays, I technically start later, but I've been working extra long days on Thursdays because, like, I just want to. And I don't know if it's because I feel more productive, but it's like, Jessica, you could start work at 10, 11 o'clock every day. But I have this thing about me that's like, no, I am a night person and I stay up all night, but I also want to wake up early in the morning because I just want to knock everything out so that I have the rest of the day to 
do whatever it is I want to do. Does that make sense? Yes. And we're making this episode for you. So this like, is exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Like, so like, yeah. for example, <laughs> tomorrow, um, like on Wednesdays, typically I try to keep it at like just family and friends day for like the salon. And, you know, everyone's like, can I come in the afternoon? And I'm like, no, you have to be here in the morning because I want my afternoon because I have this anxiety that like if I go out and I'm running errands and I'm doing this or that, that like then I'm on a clock, then I'm watching my watch constantly. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, well, I can't do everything that I want to do. So I'm like, no, you're coming in the morning so that I can have my time. But I don't know. You have always been like that. Like you were like that when we worked in the salon and I was like, why don't you take a half day and come in at two? You were like, no, No. I won't do it. And I think that is really interesting because like you said, now you have the freedom to make your own schedule. Before you could do that, I remember telling you, you could start at eight o'clock every day and then at two Take a three-hour break and have a nap in the middle. Like, because you love sleeping in the I, day. I do like, love sleeping is, in the day when I can. And I was like, so just schedule a nap at least twice a week, you know? Like, and I was in like, your no. Day. <laughs> and you were like, I guess I could do that. So <laughs> this is what's important about where we're at right now. Even when you have the choice, you choose not to. And you choose the consequence instead. Correct. You are willing to be <laughs> exhausted even when you don't have to be. Correct. Okay, so... <laughs> And I can relate to that in isolated bursts. So like when we would go to New York and do fashion week, there's no sleep at fashion week. There's no sleep at fashion week. You are are up at 3 a.m. doing shows, running to the next show all day long until it gets to be evening. And sometimes you have an evening off, but you're in New York City, so you don't sleep. Right. Like You go out to beautiful restaurants, and you go to Central Park, and you go shopping at Buffalo Exchange. Like, you don't sleep. And you do that for however many days you can afford to be there. <laughs> and then you go home exhausted and go back to work, you know? like yeah. And so I can appreciate and understand that in isolated bursts, you know? Or... Obviously, like when we're doing a retreat or an event, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day. This is maybe, it's still kind of on topic. Okay. So I have this thing. Maybe I haven't talked to you about this at all. <gasps> we should totally talk about it right now. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's my hyper productivity thing when I have an event coming up. And it's like, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. We work on it. We make some plans. We know the things we have to do. But then we get to like the end zone where we're like, 48 hours out from the event and this thing switches on in me where I'm like, we're not ready and nobody's doing anything. And so I'm going to do everything, you know? And I just like start and I'm like, okay, so we need, and what I do is like, it's not even things that we discussed needed to get done. It's like I add new things that I need to do to make it better to make people feel like they've paid for something and they're getting way more than they, you know, expected And I pile all of these things on top of our already to-do list. And there's no stopping me, you know? And so it's not even like I tell you what we need to do or what, like, I just start doing it. And then before I know it, it's all on me. And I'm like, oh my God, what have I done to myself again? Like, it can be easy. It can be simple. But I'm not willing to let it be easy or simple. Like, (laughs) I have to do it and I have to do it all right now because if I don't, we're not prepared and this whole thing's going to fall apart. And it's the, um, it's kind of like that Danielle Laporte thing that she said where she's like, whatever, I'll just do it myself. 
It's a trauma response, you know? It's the, I'm not supported, nobody's helping me, I'm gonna just do it myself. None of that's true, but it's that spinning wheel that I get on, you know, that comes down to it. And there's no amount of uh, time that's enough. And I will exhaust myself to the point. And then when I come up for air at the end, it's like, I don't even know what just happened over the last three days, you know? Like, <laughs> You're like where am I? I actually was not conscious the whole time, you know? Like, I did it all from well, an unconscious space. because you're not present. present. yes. And our events are so fucking cool. Yes. And I know that they are. And I think part of that, too, is because, like, I drop into the container. Yeah. And then I'm going. But, yeah, like, it is a really interesting thing when I step back. I think... I was talking to Taylor Nick about it, which is when I kind of like realized that that is an unconscious thing that I'm doing. When are we going to talk to her? We're going to talk to her. Like it's going to happen. I love her too. She's the absolute best. (laughs) Um, We're doing my next human design reading soon. I'm most excited about it. Still haven't done mine, but okay. Anyway, we digress. (laughs) So, but that's also like a hyper productivity thing, you know, where um, I know that whatever we do is going to be great. And at the same time, I can't help spinning my wheels trying to do all of the things to make it great. And that when I'm that productive or when I've done all of those things, I feel um, like it's not even an ego thing. It's a like, okay, I'm good enough. I've done enough. I'm worthy enough because I checked all of these boxes and now I can relax, but it doesn't even mean relax. It's kind of like what we were talking about before. It's straight collapsing Mm -hmm. and exhaustion and not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can I shift gears a little bit, but it's still like a, I think this is still on topic, but this is something that like, I'm not kidding. I was researching the other day because I'm so, like at this crossroad with rest. Mm-hmm. I was literally looking this up the other day. Mm-hmm. So something that I do, and this is totally common. This is not just a Jessica thing. This is just like a human thing. Um, like, are you familiar with the term earworm? Earworm? I didn't know that's what it was called. No, but, but I'm terrified right now. <laughs> I know it sounds terrible, right? My worst nightmare. Okay, so... For me, the reason why rest is really hard sometimes, like you were saying earlier that like you go into the bedroom and you just rest and it's not necessarily a nap all the Mm -mm. time. You're just quiet. Right. Okay. That sounds like my worst nightmare because my head constantly Mm -hmm. has music playing and because I'm a dancer, like in my soul, it's not just music. I constantly have movement going on in my head Mm -hmm. because when I hear music, I see movement. And so I feel like there's always this like concert or recital happening in my brain. It does not shut off. So this was happening the other night. Remember when I told you I woke up at three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and I wanted to go to yoga and like, it just didn't, I was exhausted. Um, And I just kept on trying to like breathe and like do breath work and just like chill. But I had Lizzo's album. (laughs) playing in my head. I'm not kidding. No, I believe that. Um, I know how you've been listening to it lately. Which, by the way, all of you have not listened to Lizzo's really, new really album. Yeah. It's really freaking good. Um, so, like, I looked this up, and um, 
yeah, they're like, okay, this is totally common among people. And there were tips and tricks on like how to not have music playing in your head all the time. So it was like, stop listening to songs on repeat. Never. I won't do that. I know. I'm like, what? Um, Stop listening to like catchy songs, like switch it up. Kill me. I know. So, but yeah, this thing that happens to us is called an earworm, which I was like, I hate that term, but that is part of why rest is really, really hard for me is because I constantly have a concert happening in my brain and it's like loud. Like when I'm really trying to rest, it's loud. You know, then there's people who like, I'm a person who I need like complete darkness. I need to be in a cave and it has to be silent. But then there's people who have the same thing as me that I've talked to that's like, oh, yeah, I have so much noise in my head that I have to have the TV on because it helps me think of something else. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, I'll have the concert going on in my head and I'll be listening to the TV. Then I'm like in my own personal hell. Have you ever tried like... uh like white noise or singing bowls yeah, in the background yeah. or so I've that tried, kind of thing. Um, you know, like the insight timer. Yes. That's, the, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. That's the uh, app that we I have. use that a lot. Yeah. So I do insight timer, but I still like have this music going on in my head. It takes a lot of concentration, a lot of to energy drop to drop it. Yeah. So I'm not saying it like can't happen or never happens, but it just takes a lot of energy. Okay. So I have like, cause I, we have both gone through this together with some of the same things. Like I remember, um, I would go to sleep and wake up with Hamilton in my head, you know, like non- not a bad thing. No, <laughs> but like I can go through the entire album, three yeah. hour album in right. my head, you know, like, and, or right now I've been listening to Regina Spector's new album, the way you've been listening to Lizzo's, you know, mm-hmm. and I hear it all the time, you know, and I'm singing it in my head all the time. And I'm trying to decide, like, when I do try and lay down and rest, I do hear music in my head a lot, especially music that I've been listening to repetitively. But it doesn't seem to bother me. Like, it's not, and maybe it's a volume thing. Like, it may be louder in your head than it is in mine. Mm-hmm. I also think that some of the music that I listen to on repeat is a little bit more soothing than the list music that you listen to. Right. <laughs> and so like listening to Regina sing harmonically against her piano, Me, like and yeah, all of that, that maybe she's that a freaking helps goddess. Me. She's brilliant. Yeah. Um, that maybe it's what I'm hearing that supports me a little bit in being able to rest. But I've also really been into, um, like I can listen to singing bowls and I'll drop out pretty quickly. You know, like I can listen to, um, a book that's a channeled reflection of something, you know, and that, that vibration or even a podcast sometimes where I'm listening to people talk about things that are like spiritual in nature or that that helps me kind of like silence what's going on in my mind. And it gives me something to focus on. But then before I know it, like I'm not even focusing on it anymore, you know, and I am just being still, um, you know what I tried the other night? What? Because I was having, again, trying to be really productive with my time. Rather than watching Modern Family for the 500th time, <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
you know, which we're going to have an episode about this later, guys. And I'm so excited. But the other night, Laurie and I went to an amazing workshop oh God, about Mary so Magdalene. Good. Well, not about Mary Magdalene, but it was in celebration. It was of in celebration. Her feast of, day. Yeah. Um, and Mary Magdalene Revealed has been on my reading list Obsessed. like forever. Yeah. I have it on Audible. I've had it since Costa Rica. Okay. Like, listen to that book. Okay. Well, the other night, I was like, you know what, Jessica, instead of watching Modern Family, which you've seen 500 times, let's do something that will feed your soul. Let's listen to Mary Magdalene Revealed. Let's get into this. And so I put it on and I can't freaking like, and I love Audible. I used to listen to audiobooks like all the time. I did Untamed. I did Tiffany Haddish's book. I did a lot of different books. Um... But like the music in my head was just way too loud. So then I was like, I wonder if I got the actual copy of the book and I read it while listening to it, that maybe that would help me calm down because then I'd have to use like all my senses Mm -hmm. and like, you know what I mean? So I will say this about Mary Magdalene Revealed, though, is that I don't have it on Audible. I just bought the book. Right. Um, And that there's something about it that feels good to have it in my hand and read it, I think because it is scriptural. Right. And so it has a lot of reminiscence to right. the I Bible. Right. I wouldn't want to listen hand. to the Bible. On right. Audible. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, um, and it's straight poetry. Like it's yeah. really beautiful. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. You know what we haven't talked about though, that maybe kind of relates to this. We're all over the place today, guys. Yeah. Like it's okay. <laughs> Talking about watching modern family for the 500th time. And, like, I can watch... I, that the shows I want to watch are usually, like, either violent or shocking in some way. Like, I want to watch Game of Thrones a million times. I want to watch Grey's Anatomy, where they cut people open and they're impaled with things and there's blood and guts everywhere. But it's soap opera, too. You know, this like... so interesting to me, Laurie. I know! What's wrong with me? Like... No, not what's wrong with you, because you think I'm crazy for watching Dateline all the time. I know! Like, in watching all the murder <laughs> mystery stuff, like, I'm like, no. If it's a realistic thing that could happen in real life, I don't want to see it. Like, I want to see extreme things that are probably not real likely, you know? Right. Or, But even when, like... I've been painting a lot over the last month. Things have been kind of slow in my world. And like when I was really just like, ugh, what do I do with all this time and space? Because I've had lots of time and space. What's come to me is that I need to paint. And so I've been in my dining room doing that. But even when I'm painting, I need background. And so I've had Grey's Anatomy on in the background. I haven't watched Grey's Anatomy in a really long time. I forgot what a vice it was, you know, because (laughs) now I'm like five or six seasons in. I miss Derek, damn it. Like when he died, I was just over it. So being able to go back to the beginning and watch it from the beginning, it's soothing. But anytime that Aubrey comes by, it's like somebody with a telephone pole, you know, like through their (laughs) guts, you know, and they're like cutting them open. And he's like, what? are you doing like <laughs> you're like painting this beautiful goddess you know like exp- like but you're watching this horrific stuff and I was like I don't know man I don't get it <laughs> but I do think it has something to do with um and this also might be part of the hyper productivity versus deep rest conversation we are so addicted to stress hormones mm-hmm. all of us in different ways and that 
Yeah, that if I don't have anxiety about something, then what am I even doing? Yeah, and that <laughs> it's not because I want to be watching gory war shows, you know, where they're like raping and pillaging entire civilizations, although for some reason I love that. <laughs> like, um, it's because the stress from the show seeing these really severe things, like it gets me that hit of cortisol, you know? And it's also why we book ourselves way too much work in such a short amount of time is because the stress from going to thing to thing to thing keeps us running that cortisol hormone so much. And then when we get to a space where we're like, okay, I have all this room and space to like relax and have time and like soothe myself and do what feels good. Our bodies are like, but where's the stress? I need the stress. And so for me, I'm like relaxing and painting but still watching this really stressful shit. And so yeah. I'm, and so it's really fascinating to me how I've spent a year trying to slow down and break the addiction to cortisol, but that still, even when I'm doing things that are slower and creative and nourishing and like quote unquote good for me, that it's still like backed up to this weird stressful space. I, yeah, I'm with you. I even watch reruns of Dateline that I already know. You know who done it. <laughs> I, I already know. I already know yeah. Drew Peterson is a piece of shit. Yeah. I know his wife went, you know what I mean? Like, I already know, you know, that freaking Casey Anthony did what she did. I already know these things. And murder mysteries and crime podcasts are like the number one <laughs> podcasts know. on Apple. They're like, yeah, it's everybody's into it. It's, it's not just us. So crazy to me. Um, yeah, it's like that addiction to like, um, but also like I think that I also learn things when I watch Dateline or Murder Mysteries that it somehow makes me feel educated and like. Well, if that happened to me or these are the signs I need to look mm -hmm. for and you know what I mean, but I, that that's really fun either. No, but like, <laughs> I think that there's something to that because I know one thread in all of like the terrifying stuff that I like to watch, most of it is like period drama. So like, I mean, Game of Thrones is imaginary, but like it's way back when or whatever, right. you know, um, or I've been watching Marco Polo again, which is like in the time of the great cons in China and Asia and um, I super am into anything like Henry VIII and all his queens and all that. Like, I have a thing for women's roles in power positions and seeing how women with no rights that are straight property, you know, still manage to have influence and do things to move their, you know, lady friends forward. Like, there's a real um, undercurrent of, and especially if you look at Game of Thrones, you know, where women start to take power and become queens and have, you know, like right respect. the mother of dragons. Yes, Are so you I mean, like, me? I, yes. and for all of Daenerys is crazy, you know, like she was a woman child who was had to fight to get her throne back. And I'm really excited about the new House of the Dragon because <laughs> it's the first Targaryen queen and her story. And so. And even if you look at like Henry VIII's wives, if you go through all of them, they made huge strides for what it meant in England to be a woman and to have any kind of right to your own identity or your own agenda. And that they did have to play the game 
and still manipulate men and religion and all of these things in order to have a life, to have a, you know, right to be where they were. And so I think that it's the stories of the women in these really severe conditions where they have been mistreated, you know, for so long that I'm inspired Mm -hmm. by, you know, I see that. Um, and so, yeah, but that also just comes with a lot of extreme and war and, you know, like horrific shit that happens. Um, I know. Why are we crazy? Because we're human. And this is like one of my favorite things that I've been playing with lately is like that you get to be both. Like we get to be divine and we get to be goddesses and we get to be queens of our world that are like connected to these beautiful, high frequency, high vibrational perspectives where we can be really light and like come at it from this elevated perspective but we also get to meet like gross, dirty, messy humans who fuck shit up all the time and don't understand why we're doing the things that we're doing. Like it's not a one or the other. It's not like you work on yourself and somehow you become this like perfect divine being all the time. You still have to be in the human, you know, like experience and in the muck and it's cool to do both. Right. You know, what's so funny is someone the other day asked me, so how is your healing journey going? And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) that's Um, I was like, how is it going? Um, well, I just think it's such an interesting question because it's like, now that this healing journey box is open, I'm like, welcome to my new life. I think that it's going to be this ongoing process forever Mm -hmm. because I will constantly be working my messy human side, even though I'm a fucking goddess. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I believe that I'm divine and powerful and all these things, but my messy human side is constantly going to be working something. Yeah. And, um, as it should be. Right. And it feels really good to, say that and to acknowledge it and to own it. Um, because shit, Jessica, even like two and a half, almost three years ago, wouldn't have, you know, admitted to anything like that. But I just think it's, you know, so interesting. And we even have friends who, um, you know, attend our workshops and stuff that are like, Oh, but I thought I worked this already. Oh my God. I and I'm like, all the time. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Um, You know, Um, but it's like, you're constantly going to be doing these Mm -hmm. things. And I feel like finding that deep rest is going to be a constant thing for me. And even when I find whatever that deep rest is for me, there might be other things that I'm still going to work through and try to achieve that. And, you know, it's like, Well, it was kind of like what I was talking about with the me kicking it into high gear when it gets time to do something. Like after Costa Rica, there were lots of things that I was like, okay, Laura, you need to chill. Like no more, no more going in and taking over. Like you deserve to be supported. You can ask for help, like all of these things. And it wasn't until after we finished Shadow and Light that I was like, just did, like, I just did it again. You know, like it's so, as soon as you think that you've, started to move the needle in the direction that you're supposed to like I feel like shadow and light you were more hands-off I was and I don't mean hands-off no, like, like in a I was, bad way yeah. I mean like it was better yes 
I feel like you did really It was. And (laughs) you know what was helpful, too, was that Jana was there. Yeah. And since she was staying with me, and she knows me in a way that a lot of people don't know me because we're such old friends, um, she was able to, like, rein me in a little bit. But with Shadow and Light, it was mainly about the food for some reason. Like... (laughs) I w- we were going to have this and I was going to make this and I was going to do that and I was going to do that. And I was, gonna do- and then like when we were shopping or whatever, like the day before Jana was like, you don't need to do it. Like this is too much, Laura, you know, <laughs> you've got plenty of stuff. Like let's just not. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like we, that is too much. We don't need all of these things. It's right. Um, but it was, and, but even the stuff that we did do, you know, and the things that I did have, um, it is a compulsion, you know, and that having that. So it wasn't that I overdid, but it was that inclination that if somebody hadn't have been like, mm, not necessary, you know, and if you had told me that, I probably wouldn't have listened to you, you know, like there was something about mm-hmm. it being Jana that I was like, oh, no, you're right. Like, I, I don't need to do this much. It is enough where we are, you know, and so that's where it comes from, which is the same thing with hyper productivity, you know, like you're not doing enough. You're not being enough. You aren't enough, you know, and none of that shit is true. And I went round and round with this with Eva when we very first started doing retreats where she was like, you could show up with nothing, no food, no crystals, no sage, (laughs) like leave the sarongs at home. Like you don't need anything. You could just show up and be Laurie and that would be enough. And that's a really... Like that's where the hyper productivity comes from was that I am all about creating an experience. I also think that this is like Aveda dug into me, you know, like oh, when you yeah. go to an Aveda class, you're not just going and learning a it's haircutting a class or a make, yeah, like you engage all the senses and, right. um, and I'm, I value that. And I want yeah, people to walk into our experiences and be like, Oh my gosh, look at this place, feel this place. It's, and I appreciate when other people that are doing events have that same aesthetic to it, you know, where you're like, right. The one that we just went I mean, to, you walk in and you're like, I appreciated it so much. Cause I yeah. know what it takes yes. to push that together, you know? Um, and so I don't want to stop that, but I also don't want to use that as a crutch because she's right. Like us showing up, like we're the medicine. That's yeah. the, you know, like you don't need any of those other things. So it's not like, don't, be productive or don't do the thing, why are you doing the thing? You know, like, what are you trying to prove? What are you trying to, like, cover up or distract from in a lot of ways? Um, Because, yeah, like, productivity versus rest, I have tried so hard to slow down. Like, that that's been the consistent message for a long time is you need to slow, 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 slow down. And I feel like I've slowed way down as far as my to-do lists are concerned or even just like how I schedule my weeks and my days and my month. But it doesn't change that itch to like be productive, you know? Like it's a constant thing that you always have to work on. Um, Because, yeah, like just because you get a lot of things done doesn't mean that you feel any better. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it just means I feel worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, lady. Um, Good episode. It was solid. That was on the fly, too. Go Sometimes us. Sometimes on the fly ones are really <laughs> the best ones. Um, 
speaking of hyper productivity, like there is a lot of things coming up for the Badass Ladies Club. Oh my God, we have months. such a busy fall. Really, we do. Um, I'm excited to share all of it, but I guess the thing that's currently like out and about right now is the Working Your Badass Energy class at the Midwest Hairstyling Awards. Yes. Um, and we have something before that, but we need to guys do a little more work yeah like there's lots of exciting there's some exciting stuff coming in august um but if you are inspired or interested in this idea of like working your productivity versus deep rest versus getting all of your dreams and goals accomplished um we would love to hear about that on the social medias you can comment on this episode you can share it with a friend that you think it would be helpful for we love you all so much and we see you out there doing the good work Keep it up and we'll see you next Monday.